This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. This is a script tease episode where we talk through some of the world's greatest plays, jump through the major plot points, give some background and of course spoil the endings, all in less than five minutes. We do the hard work so you can do the easy listening. Today we do Metamorphosis by Mary Zimmerman, written in 2000. Why is it called that? Metamorphosis means to change the form or nature of a thing or person into a completely different one. Think of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. You would never know they were even the same creature. It's completely different. The name comes from the poem that this play was adapted from called Metamorphosis, an epic poem in 15 books. It also follows Greek stories in a series of vignettes, each with a different title. Following a short prologue, the play's overall narrative follows a structural pattern in which one dramatised myth from Greek mythology flows into another. Two key points of note about the piece's style of presentation. One, it is intended to be staged around a large onstage pool of water, and the stories are told both through narration and dramatisation. The prologue begins with an image of a woman staring into a pool. She, a scientist, and a manifestation of the god Zeus, address the audience, discussing the nature, needs, and the inquiring spirit of humanity. Characters from the prologue introduce the first story. This story also bookends the play. The famous tale of King Midas, who, if you don't know, wishes for everything he touches to turn to gold. This obviously has its drawbacks, and quickly he learns that it's not always good for people to get what they wish for, as he turns his daughter into gold. He then goes about removing the curse. The stories, vignettes, or scenes follow easily from one to another throughout the play. And next we have the story of Alcyone and Seix, a noble couple first separated by a sea voyage and then by death, only to have their intense love memorialised by the gods. We continue to move and shift from one story to the next. The tale of Alcyone and Seix moves to the story of a materialistic man who disrespects the god Ceres, who then curses him and dooms him to self-destruction. It ends with him literally devouring himself. This little-known story of Ares Seekthan transitions into the legendary tale of Orpheus, a godlike musician who loves the beautiful Eurydice so much that after she dies, he follows her all the way down to hell and begs for her release. Hades, the powerful god of the underworld, agrees to let her go, but only if Orpheus can agree to Hades' specific orders. He promises to send Eurydice back and she will follow him all the way back home, but if Orpheus turns around to see if it really is her and doubts Hades' word, she will remain in hell. When Orpheus fails, Eurydice is returned to the world of the dead forever. This version of the tale looks at the ending from two different perspectives, that of Orpheus and also that of Eurydice. Narcissus makes a brief appearance, providing an interlude where he stares into the water, transfixed and freezes, to be replaced by a plant bearing his name. We don't stay with doomed love or self-obsession for very long. The god Vertumnus is so drawn to the wood nymph Pomona that he disguises himself in a variety of ways in order to convince her to be with him. When in disguise, he tells her that it is dangerous to ignore the powerful goddess of love, for Aphrodite once cursed a daughter to fall in love with her own father, with the disastrous results. Pomona sees through his disguise. He takes it off, and the two fall in love. Next, we meet the son of the god Apollo. His name is Phaeton. Apollo has been a bit of an absentee father, and so he lets his son drive the sun across the sky, an incident that results in disaster. The earth is scorched. This particular vignette is told through a therapy session where Phaeton is being psychoanalyzed throughout. To finish the play, the final scenes are about love. 
Firstly, the god of love, Eros, and the spiritual embodiment of the soul, Psyche, have a love that can survive powerful challenges and is so pure that Zeus turns them into stars, so their love can shine forever. The last vignette is that of Borsus and Philomena, an elderly couple who show great kindness and generosity to gods dressed as beggars. The gods grant them a wish, turning them into trees with entwined branches, and turn their house into a palace. At the conclusion of the play, King Midas reappears, washes his hands of the curse, and is reunited with his daughter. The final moment of the play is their embrace. If you didn't know the play before, you do now, a bit. If you like the sound of it, have a read. That was Scriptease. Remember that this is just our version of the play's story, highlighting the bits that we think are important. You may also have your favourite bits and moments you want to mention. If you do, please leave a comment on SoundCloud or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. That is all from us at The Aside. And this episode of Scriptease, there are a load of episodes in the bank, including more Scriptease episodes and over 200 episodes of The Aside. If you would like to ask us a question, do not hesitate to do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here, to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, and of course, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>